Welcome back. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. No matter what time it is, no matter where you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thanks again for tuning in. And more importantly, I hope you guys are doing well, staying safe and healthy. This verse, as always, is sponsored by Point Advisor Merch. So, the link to my store is in the description of this verse. And you get a chance to grab yourself a shirt. No pressure on that end. I always appreciate the love and support, regardless. As we now talk about this next artist who really works the hardest at trying to get out all of our body's harshness so make sure you eat your parsnips okay <laughs> now, all jokes aside uh, this next guest another expert in their field with over two decades of experience um, as massage therapist and ceo of premier fitness and massage mr rob gibson who at the end of this episode plays the gibson and knows a body better from salt lake city to lipson or is it lisbon portugal anyway he tells you what you ought to know um as i was saying um we talk about in this verse the art of massage therapy the different techniques swedish thai um sports massage we talk about cupping we talk about the technology of recovery equipment we talk about pre-season post-season massage therapy routines pre and post game routines the time you need to rest between sessions of getting massage and your high intensity activity and everything else in between so enjoy this take notes apply it and uh let my guy rob gibson supply it therefore you cannot ever deny it so just go ahead and try it there we go there we go how you doing my friend hey, good how about you man Good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Good. So, thank you for joining me. I appreciate yeah. your time this morning, and uh, definitely can't wait to get into this topic that I feel like a lot of athletes uh, just don't really know and don't really do their research on uh, properly. Definitely. Um, so, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Robert Gibson. Um, Runs his own business, like I said, I saw Lake for Premier Fitness and Massage. And uh, just give your background to the audience really quickly so they can get an understanding of how long you've been doing massage therapy, okay. your expertise. Perfect. Um, so I went to massage school about 18 years ago. Um, since then, I've um, been working in physical therapy clinics, chiropractors. Um, went to the University of Utah for exercise physiology and nutrition to kind of, the plan was to go into physical therapy, but I've re- after working physical therapy for so long, I really just liked my position in that whole world. <laughs> so I've stuck with massage. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been really uh, blessed to been working with the University of Utah athletes and with our indoor football teams here in Utah, right. uh, the bodybuilding community, you know, weightlifting community. Um, so I've just had a really good kind of just chance to work with a lot of good people, a lot of good doctors. Um, surgeons so it's just been a good 18 years of <laughs> slamming me with information <laughs> right, right. are you saying 18 years and I noticed on your Instagram I think you put up a post saying that it's been 13 years for 13 years right. of, of premier yeah right so under right. yeah so of having my own business as premier fitness massage it's been since 2007 That's um so yeah it was bad timing because I was right before the economy tanked but 
Hey, but if you made it through that and you're still there we go. it must really speak to what you do and how well you do it and the love so. that your clients show to you. Hope so. so. <laughs> we're gonna get into the questions. It'll okay. be about forty-five minutes to an hour, and at the end of it, the last fifteen minutes, I always let the audience ask the questions that they wish to ask you personally. Um, before I get started on that, yeah, for my followers that are just joining us, please leave your questions in the comment box, which is right next to uh, that little icon you see on your right. Um, this is the IG ISO conversation, and the ISO part of it comes from the word isolation, which we use in basketball for one-on-one. I don't know how much you play basketball, but starting something new, what's your go-to one-on-one move? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not like you just going to shoot the three. That's what it sounds like. Or you're just going to try yeah, to get that's, the <laughs> that's, I'm very much a, a mid-range shooter. Um, okay. I don't do really well in the high pressure, close up, going in for the layup shots. And I, <laughs> the three-point game is, is hit and miss. The more I try it, the more I'm off. So... Hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> we got started. Okay. Pull up short. So how would you describe um, a good massage? What what does that entail? What does that look like? And uh, how long is that? Okay. Um, I think this is kind of a good, there's going to be a lot of questions where we say it depends. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so a lot of with sports massage specifically, um it's very catered to the sport the timing of the season where we're at in the season right um you know even down to the day you know the days before us you know so not only just like oh we're off season on season but is is there a game today or tomorrow so it's going to kind of depend on where we're at um so and then there's things like is there injuries is there problems or is it just you know, a good part of warm up. So there's a lot of different goals. So depending on the goals, it's going to be very different. So, um, you know, when you think like timing or time of a massage, um, we always think of that one hour, you know, right. a 50 minute massage, you know, full body massage is what a lot of people think of with massage, um, which has its place for sure. Um, I think that's a lot of off season time or, you know, if there's a game on the weekend, maybe midweek, yeah. that time can be great. Um, it allows you to cover a lot of areas or get really detailed in one or two areas. Um, but when we get close to a game or, you know, practice, usually the timing is a lot shorter. So maybe 15 minutes, we do a lot. Um, and it's kind of more of the goal isn't to fix things. It's to just kind of help get things rolling. Um, you know, we're just trying to try, you know, maybe make a hamstring feel a little bit better before they go out to practice. Um, so there's definitely a, a, a circumstantial things that go on there. Um, I think a lot of people do, they come in, you know, a lot of the football guys, for example, will want to come in and want us to fix that hamstring right the day before a game. Yeah, and that sounds like us. It's, yeah, and that's, you know, it's, it's something that can be a little too aggressive for that time frame. So mm-hmm. we don't want to make them sore for the game the next day, for example. So right. we can't really fix something at that time frame. So you know, maybe something earlier in the week or off season, you know, off season is definitely that time for yeah. major corrective work where they might get a little sore from. Sure. So it kind of just depends. Yeah. So that's that speaks to my next point. You use the word or the term sports massage. Is that an actual thing or is it kind of a made up term in the massage <laughs> therapy world to get people to purchase that, that, uh, that package or whatever? Um, I think as far as it goes, there's, um, 
it's kind of a collection of techniques. Okay. I'll kind of put it there. So I definitely think there is a modality, you know, we say like deep tissue in Swedish and, you know, all these things. There's definitely a cluster of techniques that, that do well for athletes. Yeah. So, you know, we can kind of lump that in with injury massage or, you know, a treatment massage, you know, we can kind of do that. Um, I would say sports massage falls under the umbrella of kind of like deep tissue since that's such a broad term. Right. Um, but it's definitely a collection of, you know, injury massage and trigger point therapy and stretching and, you know, even things like Graston or cupping or, you know, things like that. So it's definitely, there's not like anything that is specific to sports massage. Right. You know, if you think like Graston, since that's everybody's here and knows a lot yeah. about Graston, yeah. it's one very specific thing, but a technique and a tool set. Um, sports massage isn't that. There's not a, this is sports massage. It's very much a just you pick and choose from different things. So maybe you do a little bit of Thai massage in with yeah. your sports massage. So it's kind of at the therapist's discretion on what they've, accumulated over the years mm -hmm. so this is where it's hard for me when i talk to other therapists of you know somebody that's right fresh out of school and they want to start doing sports massage and they are very limited in their technique set yeah um so it is something that you know when you, when it comes time to choose a therapist you've got to be kind of picky of how much do they know how much do they know about my sport you know what all have they learned what courses have they taken because it really is this collection of a whole bunch of different things yeah and that's why I kind of showed you when I was out there uh, in Salt Lake for those last two years ago. It's just, it seems crazy that it was that fast, but yeah, um, fast. I was always trying to make sure that the person I went to had that background, had that verification, and primarily work with other athletes because it's one thing, in my opinion, to get a massage. Let's say you go to Massage Envy and you're just doing it to relax, but it's another thing when your body depends on it to be optimal in your sport or in your career. So I think a lot of people definitely do a great job on the research aspect. And you mentioned time massage, and I got a funny story about that. <laughs> I was getting time massages when I played professionally in Israel because that was the only thing that that made sense. And I guess that was the only place that spoke English for that modality. <laughs> and uh, there was these Thai women in there, and um, <laughs> they they never had uh, done massages on basketball players. But me and my teammates, we were desperate. Our bodies were sore from two a days. And, we just wanted to hop in there and they had charged my friend extra because he was six nine and they was like oh no you're you're a big you're a big <laughs> like, no. i started dying laughing and we always talk about that now but um yeah. i do think there are some components of the time massage that are, are are relatable to the movements we see and do on the court so the next question um goes kind of in that but you talked about deep tissue massage and we've talked about this before should your massage be painful and that that adage of no pain no gain to have it be beneficial i think that is definitely an old school component um i mean we kind of i'm sure we'll cover this in a little bit too as well but with how much research has been done on different kind of manual therapies here in the last five ten years um we really are kind of finding that to beat someone up like that or to cause that much pain really isn't useful it's not it's not adding any additional benefit um so especially when it comes to athletes i think so especially to make someone so sore for the next few days that they can't do anything right or can't train versus being a little nicer in the session and then allowing them to train you know two three four days later they end up in the same spot yeah so except that now they've got some training in as well 
So I think, you know, if you could be a little nicer and then it, it lets their body kind of then continue to get better and better and better. Um, we, we tend to forget that massage is very neurological in a lot of its function. So as your brain then continues to adjust to what's different, it, things get better and better over the next few days. So I usually tell people, give it three, four days before you, you know, make a decision on how you feel because it should get better and better. So if you kind of work at a moderate kind of a level, um, you know, maybe it's a little uncomfortable at some point, but, but pain is painful is a very different story. So if you're clenching other body parts while you're getting one thing worked, that's a bad sign in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think the days of making it worse to make it better are over. Um, but that's still very much a real thing because you've got these guys that have been in the industry for 30, 40, 50 years, and that's what they were taught. So when new guys come in, you know, even considering myself new after 18 years compared to this physical therapist that's been at it for 40, yeah, it's, it's not my place to be like, dude, get with the times, you know, kind of a thing. That's not, that's not my place. Um, even with like an athletic trainer an athletic trainer is technically the next step up from me. So it's not my place to go to the athletic trainers for a football team or something to be like, no, dude, you're doing that wrong. You know, but that's really, when you look at the research, they are finding that more of a middle ground and then allowing them to continue training is, has been more beneficial in the end. Yeah. I think it's crazy how in the whole, I guess you could say physical realm, it's like, if you're not sore, it's not working, no pain, no gain. Uh, if your massage doesn't hurt, it's not getting out the yeah. tissue or the scars or the knots. That, that you should feel but some of that it definitely does feel like it's making my body worse or it's making certain muscles or tendons worse than when i came in so i'm glad to hear you talk about that aspect because a lot of us are just being passed down like you said decades of information where like well if your massage doesn't hurt it's not working which yeah. definitely kind of it seems kind of counterproductive yeah. um go ahead you can answer that I- I definitely, I mean, to kind of go along with that, that neurological part, there's, there's definitely a psychological part with massage too. So I think that's where with athletes like pregame, I think that's where a a good chunk of benefits come from is it just helps mentally. Um, so I do think there's a, there's a component there where if you are so sold in your mindset that it has to be painful in order for it to work, you know, there's, there's that component where maybe it's may not work as well because that's how they think it's going. Um, but <laughs> I think that kind of, again, undoes some of that benefit. So we have to kind of play this balancing act with some guys where if they think it's got to be painful, I usually tend to push it a little further than I would have because I do want them to get a touch of that. But yeah. maybe it's only painful for five, 10 seconds. Right. But at least they got that, that they thought that they needed. You know, So there is a component there, I think, for sure, just because we have been so ingrained. Um, but you look at therapies like Graston or, you know, cupping or things where you have to have these bruises, you know, yeah. or we think you have to have these bruises. That's a better way to say right. it in order to get the effect from it. Um, whereas yeah. they just found that it's just not, that's not how it is. So you don't have to be that aggressive in order to get the benefit. Yeah. So again, Graston is a great example that I learned Graston about 16 years ago and we would leave people looking like they got beat with a two by four. Um, whereas taking you know, a course from them here about two years ago, they came right out and said, no, we don't, that's over treating. We, we've never taught to do that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but now they're like, no, that's, that's, once you start to see that some red dots, you're done. Yeah. 
Right. Um, it's even at that point, they're like, you've now over treated. Yeah. So there is, there's a certain point there where it's, you know, to leave a mark on someone, you've probably done too much already. So that's, I think, one of the things I see a lot with, you know, the athletic trainers and the physical therapists that did, like me, learn Graston a long time ago, yeah. was they've got to leave bruised or it, it didn't work. And it's right. just not, not like the case. The, the mark of manhood or, or the mark yeah. of, of some type of false sense that you accomplished something with your body. Yeah. Um, it's a fashion statement now, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was at the University of Utah, uh, I don't think we were using you at that time yet, at least for the men's basketball team. Um, and our and our trainers, uh, in terms of massage therapists, they were great. I'm, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it was it was definitely a learning curve. It was a process because my body wasn't used to getting massages, and I had so many sore muscles and places on my body that I didn't know existed, from the hips and the, the hamstrings and the quads. I used to be grabbing the table because it would hurt so bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was a combination of, of his technique as well as my body not being used to it. Totally. But I want to talk about that in terms of when you're dealing with these young athletes, some of them, you know, still fresh, freshmen, 17, 18, 19. Um, on the male side, have you noticed there being some hesitancy to be um, given a massage by another man? How do you overcome that? Because I see that's a lot of, of the male culture when it comes to athletes getting massages by other men? Um, luckily, I think, you know, seeing it from the athlete side, it's not as much as from just a normal general person. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I really started pushing the sports component, okay. you know, 13, 14 years ago, yeah. um, was because once you take it from just come get a massage to come get an injury massage or a sports right. massage, it, it made a lot of, a lot of guys feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. Um, up at the University of Utah, there they have one on-staff massage therapist, and it's a it's a male. Um, so I think they coming into that kind of a situation, they're they're very accustomed to that. And with you know so many athletic trainers being a male, and so many coaches being male, and you know, um, I think a lot of the athletes, even the young guys coming in, there's it's not a shock factor there for them. Um, so I think, you know, kind of going through it's we're just an extension of the athletic training side. Yeah. So it's, you know, to come through and be like, hey, undress and hop between the sheets. And, you know, that's that's probably a different story. Right. But where we keep them, you know, they're in their shorts, you know, right. are they, you know, a lot of the guys just come walk up the table and they drop their shorts off and they're just in their briefs, you know, kind of, they're right. just totally fine. It's it's so, I don't know, just a, such a very comfortable situation that it's, um, I think like that's come to a professional you know, that's, that's part of treatment. It's, they're going to make me, my muscles feel better. I really don't get a lot. Um, like I said, it's, I don't know if part of it's just, Hey, hike your shorts up, you know, let's to get to that hamstring. Um, so it's a little less abrasive as totally get undressed. So I think even for me being at as long as I have been, because I have been doing sports massage so much, even to go into a place and be like, Oh, I've got to undress all the way. (laughs) I'm not used to this. So it's still even for me, like, like I have no problems being worked on a male, like that's fine. My, I have employees that are males and things, but it's, yeah. it's the, the, the concept of getting undressed after not doing it a lot is still, I can see, I can see some hesitation there. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, it's that. definitely, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just uh, like, I, I don't see it a lot to kind of get back to your question. Um, I think because it is such a, we're right there in the athletic training room. Yeah. You know, the whole team's getting worked on. Right. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know what kind of, you know, at the high school level, what they're doing for these guys. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when it's starting for a lot of them, but definitely by the time they get to me at the collegiate level, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of my professionals who come back from overseas um, and they go try to find their own massage therapist, a lot of them are hesitant. A lot of them have this mental block um, of being touched by another man in terms of trying to get them better, trying to help their body for whatever reason. And I always try to push them like, hey, it's not a, that's not what you're there for. You're there to get your body healed and to have a faster recovery so you can get better and you know reach those levels and reach that salary you're looking for. So. I think it's definitely a psychological thing to it, component component. To it. but yeah. as you said, the earlier you are accustomed to it, the earlier you see it, the more normal it becomes. And it's just not really a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think there's definitely different factors. Like when you go to a male therapist or you go to a female therapist, it's different. It is very different. So I can understand having a preference one way or the other. Right. Um, I have a male therapist that I go to for certain things. I have a female therapist. I go to for certain things that it's, I think what I've heard from a lot of people is the males can get that depth a little easier mm -hmm. than the females can, um, or a little more consistent, um, especially if you're a big guy. Um, whereas, you know, the female therapists tend to have this more nurturing component, this more relaxing component that it's, you're being taken care of, you know, you know, and, and, and made feeling safe and comfortable. And, you know, they tend to have that relaxing component to it even if they are beating you up, it's still this caring kind of a thing if that, you know, as a way to explain it. So there's definitely perks either way. So it is, I really believe that people are going to connect with one therapist better than another therapist. Um, so it is, you kind of just have to find what works for you. So if you're really truly, you know, as, a, as an athlete, if you're not comfortable going to a male, you're not going to get the benefit that you right. would had you gone to a female just because you're not comfortable. So yeah, it's guys understand it. We're we're the minority in the massage world. Yeah. So we know when people come through and they're like, they don't want a male. We go, okay. <laughs> so it's a very normal thing for us. So we do when we go up to the U, we try and have some females, we try and have some males, and then yeah, we kind of let the guys pick. Um, so it's fine either way. It's you got to do what's going to work best for you as an athlete. So you, you know, with such limited time to get worked on anyway, you got to go to whoever's going to give you the best. Right. So. I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of athletes in that in that age range or that 17 to 20 or whatever, in your research or in your experience, is there a certain age? Because it seems like people are getting more and more aggressive in their approach with their children, uh, getting better at, at athletics, whether it's basketball, football, tennis, golf. Um, is there a certain age where people should start getting massages for their children? I think it comes down to just more of of when they start to get pretty serious with it. So, I mean, there's, we do massage all the way down to infants. I mean, so as far as like a starting time, just in general for massage, you really could start anytime. That's fine. Um, I think when people start getting a little more serious, you know, I can understand like, oh, I put my boy in little league baseball, like he's probably okay. Probably doesn't need a massage. Um, you know, I think especially with some of the high school sports, we do see a lot of high school guys come through the clinic. Um, they're, they're taking that more active, I mean, their daily practices or daily, you know, um, as kind of a general rule for people, we tell people usually like for every, you know, minimum, every 30 hours of training you do, that's when you should get a massage. Okay. So 
you know, if you're, like I said, Little League Baseball, they may not get 30 hours total throughout the whole season. Whereas you get the high school kids um, or even freshmen, you know, that might be weekly. So then, yeah, I would start definitely start going through. Um, it's, it's very much a play it by ear kind of thing where if they start to notice that they're not performing as well as they have been, then that's usually the sign of they need some work. Yeah. Now, so that sounds like a usage type of thing. Yeah. As you get older, let's say college or let's say you're a professional, if you're practicing twice a day and you're lifting, um, does that 30 hour rule still apply where mm -hmm. every 30 hours of training you should get a massage? Yeah, I think that's when it's when it becomes really crucial is those when those 30 hours come at you really fast, then it's really necessary. So um, I work with bodybuilders as well. That's usually what my main my main clientele is. So for them, you know, at, at their comp their competitive season time frame, as they get closer to a show, their hours start to really ramp up. Whereas a lot of other sports, they start to taper off as they come right. into their competitive season. So, you know, my guys is there a few days out from a show or a week out from one of their competitions, they're doing four or five hours of, of working out every day. So they could definitely go from 30 hours a week of training or a month of training even to, I mean, that that's when that week comes up, I guess, is that, you know, four hours a day, five hours a day, that adds up really quick. So they're kind of really killing themselves right if they get down to the wire. So yeah it definitely it becomes more and more crucial as they get closer because they are doing, you know, you're not recovering at that yeah. point when they're on low calories and four or five hours of, you know, weight training and cardio every day. Like it's just it's brutal. So yeah. that's where it definitely, it becomes more crucial at that point. For sure. In terms of, I know you spoke a lot about the off season, but during season, um, if you're playing twice a week and you're practicing, probably every every day almost and it's tapering off as the game gets closer um would you say it'd be best to get a massage two to three days before the game or should you wait to the next day after the game or a combination of both i would say a combination of both so again another with with sports massage like i said since it's not like it's a, a, a technique in itself it's more of how you approach everything so we technically have four different types of massages that we do so we have like a pre-event a post-event style massage to have certain types of techniques that been involved um so to do something kind of more corrective like a treatment massage you know the few days before so if you have a shoulder problem you know to get it worked on three days four days before a game that's kind of optimal for that but then as you come up to the game you could get a 15 10 15 20 30 minute quick little warm-up style massage before the game um i mean you can even get there's like inter-event massages where depending on you know what kind of sport it is but you could get worked on during the competition sure. and then right after so there's it's just we do things differently so this is where somebody that understands sports massage is kind of crucial because um, if they're just a deep tissue therapist then they're just going to beat you up the whole time whereas there's we're meant to help you with certain goals along that way so depending on where you're at in that time frame, we do different things. Yes. So yeah, you I mean you could work on an athlete every single day, all around before, after a game. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you're doing the right kind of combinations of things for them. Yeah. Now, what about the off season? Um, should that be implemented in your 
weekly schedule. You should definitely have a massage in there somewhere every week, twice a week, since you have more time. What are your thoughts on that? Um, again, it kind of comes down to what the needs are of the athlete. So if you're if you're feeling pretty good, then yeah, I don't think it's it's crucial by any means. Like you know, a once a month maintenance massage or something like that. Um, if you have an injury that you're or something that was bugging you all last season. If you have something that needs to be corrected, yeah. that's where to have something a little bit more routine goes. Yeah. And that's going to depend on the severity of it. So, um, you know, some of my guys, it's, you know, once a month is a pretty common kind of maintenance routine for an off season. Um, you know, I've got a couple guys that have, you know, disc herniations or, you know, I have one guy that dislocated his kneecap, or, you know, and there's, I'm seeing them every week yeah. to stay on top of those things. Cause those are more chronic problems. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it depends on what's going on with that particular athlete. And, you know, so there's so many variables of how's your nutrition, how's your hydration, how's your, you know, what are you doing for yourself? Um, you know, what tools do you have at your disposal that you can kind of do some self-care with? Um, how's your sleep? How's your stress? How's your, you know, there's all these things that will play into that. So every person I think has to kind of look at their own situation and see how they're feeling um, and really kind of, I always tell people, get a massage, see how you feel three, four days later, and then use that as a new standard to then compare back to. So once you start to not feel very good in comparison to that, then it's time to get back in. So if that's a week, two weeks, a month, three months, it's, it's really dependent on that person and what's going on with them at the time. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You speak a lot about the variance depending on injury. So in terms of how you prepare your clients who are coming off a surgery or major injury, are you a massage therapist that's really trying to grind out that scar tissue or how are you approaching it depending on the severity of the injury? Okay. And that's, I mean, so to go back to the 15, 20 years ago thing, that the scar tissue conversation was huge. Um, So again, that's where I think Graston blew up because they, it was all, this is going to help remove scar tissue. Right. Um, There's really not any science, any research to back that up at all. So, I mean, they were really promoting it to, oh, if you're going out and practicing or working out hard, you're developing scar tissue in your muscles when there's not really any, any signs of that. So if you've had surgery, that's a different story. Um, so a good example of this is my wife is a, she's a lifter. She broke her thumb, um, and tore two muscles. So it took them about three weeks to figure that out, sadly. So by the time it healed up, it didn't heal right. So right. then she had to have surgery because she could only move her thumb about that much. Yeah. So they had to do a, what they call it a release on the joint. So they had to go and cut the scar tissue. So talking with her surgeon, you know, kind of things or talking with these different orthopedic surgeons, it's, could I have done that on my own for her? Right. And I had one surgeon laugh at me. He's like, no, you cannot break up scar tissue from an outside source. He's like, you have to go in and surgically cut that. So there's some limits there for sure on, yeah on how things are going. Um, now, part of that is, is we may not be dealing with what we thought we were dealing with. So there's definitely a component where, you know, we have this type of a sensation or this is what we're experiencing. And then this is the after effect. Well, what happens in between? We don't really understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like that to say, we think you have scar tissue, but then after the massage, we have way more mobility right. kind of an idea. Well, so what happened during that phase? Was it scar tissue? Was it just, simple tight muscles, you know, what's going on there. So it's, that's where it's kind of hard. 
So I think by knocking out the whole scar tissue thing, so again, Graston doesn't teach that anymore, that they're breaking up scar tissue anymore. Um, you don't have to be as aggressive to get some benefits. I think that's where part of it came from. Um, so I'm, I try not to be aggressive at all if I can avoid it. Um, we even had a, a client that tore his, his patellar tendon, so the tendon that holds your kneecap down. Yeah. Um, so his kneecap shot up his quad. So that was kind of, so they had to pull it back down, reattach it. Yeah. Um, and during his physical therapy time, we were actually pretty nice with him. And he was ahead of the game of getting the amount of knee flexion, the bend in his knee back. Right. So, you know, he was talking to some other guys around the country that had the same problem. And they were like, I'm crying during my physical therapy sessions because it hurts so bad. And he's like, yeah. dude, mine is fine. It's comfortable. So, yeah, I don't think you have to grind something out crazy. Um, I think a lot of times you can just make things worse so as far as inflammation and, you know, um, even if it's just your own mental pain tolerance, I think it kind of messes with that. For so, yeah, sure. I think you can take a more, a more even keel approach and still get some really good benefits, even with some more drastic problems like a, a surgery or disc herniations or, you know, things like that. So it's, I mean, kind of same thing with training, that if you kill yourself every day in the weight room, you know, you're, you're kind of limiting how much benefit you get yeah, from that. Exactly. We're finding it with exercise as well. So to find something where you push it a little bit, but you don't really overdo it is kind of that good sweet spot. So it's just finding that for each particular case. So you, you, you use the example of your wife, which segues and kind of my next question. When you're working with your female athletes, <clears throat> and let's say specifically during menstruation, do you, do you have female athletes that come to you during their cycle phases? And mm -hmm. how do you approach them? Or how do you guide them when getting massage during that time when their body is experiencing so much overload of stress and hormones, stuff like that? Um, being a, a male therapist, they don't usually tell us stuff like that. <laughs> so a lot of times we just totally miss it. Um, so I think being a female athlete, like that's, especially if they played like high school or they've played their entire life or, you know, to be a teenager and then high school, you know, in college, um, I think they're, the female athletes have really shown that they can adapt to whatever's thrown at them. Um, some of these females are, they're tough, man. You get these, you know, the, those female soccer players are probably the most brutal I've met ever. So, you know, you get there's this certain part where they've just got to battle through whatever's going on, you know? Um, so I do question, I do, I wonder how much, you know, if we need to adjust things at all anyway. Um, but it is. They usually, I've never had a, a, a female come in and be like, so, um, <laughs> you know, it's that time. They just don't do that with us. So I don't, as far as the female massage therapists go, I, I'm not sure. Um, but it is, I mean, that's definitely some added stress, physiological stress going on. So it does make sense to do a little less, yeah. something a little less taxing. Um, but again, you kind of question, that's a very natural thing that's going on. So, right. How well does their body, account, you know, does your, can they handle it just fine because they've been dealing with it for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's some questions there. I don't know. I haven't specifically read any research or anything that way of, you know, I know with exercise, um, you know, we, we usually recommended that they play it by ear, same kind of thing, that if they're feeling taxed and fatigued that yeah. day, then scale it down. Right. So usually when we say something for exercise, that directly applies with massage as well. That's one of the reasons I studied exercise physiology because they overlap so much. Yeah. So it would make sense to do a less taxing massage 
on them at that time. Yeah. Um, again, I think with what I tend to do with people, I don't think I push it into that taxing range very much. Right. So I probably wouldn't adjust anything as far as what I do, but I have that belief that I, I don't want to cause pain or cause, you know, I don't want them to have to leave and then have to recover from my massage. Right. So right. if that makes sense. Yeah. I asked that question because I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife is on here listening and I know she does a lot of, of her, um, information and advice as it relates to nutrition surrounding the menstruation cycle and yeah. what they go through. So I didn't know if there was any type of synergy or any advice that you have, but if, if your clients don't, you know, openly say it and ask you, you're going to be limited to what you can help yeah. with. Very interesting topic for sure. Definitely. Um, that would be something I'd, I would need to look into some more. So that's something I've never thought of to be totally yeah. honest with you. We, we don't think a lot as men. We know. We, <laughs> we, you only know what you know, right? If you can't What's that? Yeah hard to, to advocate for it. But it's the whole thing of like, you're good, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> ladies, we, we're all here to think about you as well. You're, okay, you're yeah. My wife's going to slap me too. I think she's on here as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, the other question I had was, uh, if you can't afford uh, a weekly massage, and I know you're a big proponent of this being in your office, um, what are some of the tools you'd like to use or suggest to your clients that maybe not aren't as effective as hand-to-hand, but still have a benefit, whether it's a lacrosse ball, whether it's a Theragun or, a, you know, the Hypervolt, um, all these things. What, what do you think about those things, how they help re- relieve some of the body stress and uh, pressure? I think they're great. Um, I think because, you know, when you look at each one, there is a certain component where they're kind of a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. So there is some limitations to it for sure. Um, I did want to mention the financial aspect of deciding how often to get a massage. I think that financial part might play a bigger role than anything else. Yeah. Um, so definitely that's a, that's a component that people have to take into account. Um, so when you look at things like, I mean, in our office, we use like the Normatec compression sleeves. We yep. use, we do have like a hypervolt. Um, we have hyperices venom, the heat vibration things. Yeah, from the back. Um, yeah. So you can see some of the basketball guys, like our jazz, our Utah jazz guys, when they're on the sidelines, you can see they're like Velcro strapped on them. They're doing on their low back or their shoulder. Um, so I think they're helpful. Um, when you look at things like that, um, well, let me take a step back. When we look at how massage or how these things affect the body, really it comes down to, we're trying to stimulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every type of therapy is meant to stimulate a nerve ending, a specific type of nerve ending, okay, a mechanoreceptor they're called. So there's things like thermoreceptors, which hot, cold response. That's what sets off that nerve ending. Um, there's vibration, there's pressure, there's, you know, all these different glide and stretch and, you know, all these different kind of receptors. So it's like your, your five senses, but it's for your skin and your muscles. Right. So mm-hmm. they will then send information to your brain and your brain will make a decision on how to respond back. Mm-hmm. So my outlook on massage or self-care is the more of those things you can incorporate, the better chance you have of getting your brain to do something different with that painful area or yeah. which pain is from your brain. It's not from your elbow, for example. It's your brain's way of telling you, be careful with this because something's not right, Mm -hmm. okay? So if you can give your brain a whole bunch of different kinds of stimulus um, and get it to kind of rethink or kind of reevaluate what's going on with that elbow and kind of see if it's better now or or if it may not be as bad as we thought, then I think that's a good thing. So that's why I do like, you know, the compression sleeves are very good 
you know, you get that squeeze effect. Yeah. So you get that compression. So you're setting up receptors that way. The Normatec and, you know, things like those are, it's very repetitive and it's very predictable. So your brain doesn't have to continually think about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of relax a little. So I don't know if you've, I've fallen asleep with those boots on before because oh, it's just so rhythmic and so comfortable. Sure. Um, so I think those are great. So they've become such a very popular thing that it seems like you can get, you know, go into a cryotherapy place or a, you know something and use those boots for pretty cheap now because everybody has them. Right. Um, so things like that, you know, they're for Normatex leg sleeves, it's like 1200 bucks. Mm-hmm. somewhere in that range so that might be out of the range for a lot of people to buy them for themselves mm-hmm. but you know maybe you could pop in somewhere for 10 bucks and use them for right. 20 minutes right. so it can be a little more affordable um but yeah i mean lacrosse balls i think are are great it's three bucks for a lacrosse right. ball and yeah you can on Amazon yeah there you go yeah yeah and you can you know you throw one in your bag and you, throw, you know mm-hmm. they're not going to question it at the airport or you know right. But you can do a ton of different things with them. Um, so I think it's definitely a probably the the absolute best thing. So if you're only going to do one thing, I'd buy a lacrosse ball. Okay. Um, very helpful. Um, things like the Hypervolt, the massage guns, the Thera guns, same thing. They've become so popular. You know, 15, 10 years ago, we had one option, and it was $2,700. Right. And it was this metal ham Thor hammer looking thing. Um, they were expensive. And then Theragun came out and then really helped out, you know, it's still 600 bucks, you know, for the original one, at least. Right. Um, I mean, we were using jigsaws, you know, in our clinic before, because it's similar, you know, same idea. But you can get, I mean, to kind of show you, pop out of frame real quick. So there's this guy. This is just a no name, you know, looks like a Hypervolt. It was 60 bucks on Amazon. Right. That's it. So, and it, I have two of them. I have one in my car. For when I go to the gym, I can just hurry, quick, run through whatever body part. Yeah. Um, they're great, you know, for pretty cheap. So they've they've been common enough now that you can get them for really affordable. Yeah. Um, they're I think things like this. These are great for pre-event stuff. Okay. So that's where I think they they really shine is. So before you go do your activity, run through whatever body part real quick, two three minutes. Yeah. Um, so same thing. I think that's probably like the next step up from a lacrosse ball is to go something like this. What about it does foam something? Roller? Foam rollers, kind of same concept with the lacrosse balls. Okay. Um, you know, you get that compression, that pressure that it, it provides can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the. I mean, I I lump the two together. It's just it's you know you have more of a broad contact point on the foam roller versus a yeah. smaller. Um, you can step things up. I don't have mine here. Um, but you can get vibrating heated little balls now. Same thing for, you can get them pretty cheap. So again, that's now you're getting the pressure, you're getting vibration and you're getting heat all from one little component. So that's three different nerve endings you're then stimulating. So that could be really helpful too. So yeah, I think there's a ton of different things like that. We just got to realize that there's some limitations to each of those things. Um, So I think that's where it's hard. So when you compare it back to like a massage therapist or your athletic trainer, they can, as they go through and they feel what's going on in your muscles, they can go, Ooh, there's something here. I need, I need to do something different here. Or what I've been doing isn't changing anything. So I'm going to switch gears. Right. Whereas we can't really do that with something like that. We can switch speeds, but, but it may not necessarily do anything different. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, they're not going to adapt to what's going on in the tissue like a person would, but it's definitely the next best thing. So 
if money is a concern or having access to a good quality person is a concern, um, to do it to on yourself with a ball or a foam roller or, you know, something, um, there's definitely benefits to that I even think that, you know, being able to do things to yourself where you can feel a little bit better, where some problems are, yeah. can sometimes make that more effective than a therapist because you know exactly what you're feeling. Right. So unless you're communicating really well with your therapist and being like, oh yeah, it's really tender right there. When you work there, then the therapist can go, oh, okay. Cause we right. might miss those. Right. So there's, there's definitely benefits to doing it yourself as well. Yeah. No, I think it makes sense. Like you said, it's each is, it's each his own in terms of their budget, in terms of what their body yeah. needs, in terms of the demands of their sport. Um, but I know a lot of overseas players, I definitely recommend they buy their own tools and gadgets because sometimes they're a language barrier and you don't really know what you're getting into and you don't want to have your teammate or somebody else come down to a massage clinic to explain what you want. So yeah. sometimes you got to do what's best for yourself and, and grabbing those tools will help you a lot along your professional journey. And I say, even if you can, you know, nice to have them, like you said, in your car before a quick, you know, workout or sprinting or whatever, or in your dorm or in your room, just in case you don't have access to that person. So yeah. um, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And another modality to help you benefit. Um, the last question before we get to the Q and A, what would you advise um, anybody that's looking to follow this path into massage therapy, going to a school, what courses they need to take, things of that nature? Okay. Um, this is going to vary depending on where you're at. Um, so here in Utah, for example, it's a, it's a licensed profession. Mm -hmm. So you do have to go to a, an approved school, um, and get a certain number of hours. So for us, it's like 660 or something or 600 hours of, of education in order to then apply and take the test and then apply for licensure in Utah. So there are some States where they don't have anything, you know, you can just walk out one day and be like, I'm a massage therapist and then start massaging people. Um, it's yeah. And that's kind of scary. Um, places like California, they've got two different levels where there's a 200 hour education level that can do relaxing spa work. And then there's like a 500 level that can do more medical. So there's definitely different things depending on your area. So you definitely have to look at what your state or even your County or even some cities, you know, it's different from city to city. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to kind of look into that first off, but, um, but as far as like the general route, like I said, it's usually massage school. So it's really not very long. My schooling was about seven or eight months long was all, um, or if you know, if you go night school, it's an, it's a year. So it's really not bad as far as the grant. That's why I did it as just a, you know, I was trying to go into physical therapy school and I was like, well, maybe I'll do a quick little massage thing. So seven months off and then I'll jump back in. Um, so it really wasn't bad. So then there's a national exam that you have to pass. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes state by state, they'll have a little laws test that you have to take. Right, right. So once you do that, then you're allowed to be licensed as a therapist. Um, so as far as, I mean, like the schooling, the education that people have to take is pretty broad. They kind of cover, a, they give you a, a little taste of everything. Mm -hmm. So we did have a sports massage class but it barely taught us anything. It was just kind of like, this is what it's like. And then if you like it, you've got to go on and, and learn more. Um, so the continuing education side is, is pretty mandatory for a sports massage or anything medical, anything corrective. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, I would, I would hope so for sure. Um, there are a lot of really good courses. Um, a lot of good continuing education providers, you know, Graston, like I said, they, I think it was just barely two years ago or here, they opened it up to massage therapists finally to take their courses. 
Um, rock tape is a, I'm a big fan of rock tape. I think their courses are amazing. Um, whether you like rock tape or not, but their, their education is, I think is the best that you can get. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of very sports specific type classes that you can do. Um, it just depends on what all, like I said, what you, you want to bring into that. Um, so sadly for Utah with massage therapists, they don't require any continuing education in order to keep your license going. Okay. You just have to pay a fee every two years. So you really could get stagnant really quick as a massage therapist here. So it's a really good thing to, you know, to continue to learn, continue taking courses. Um, You know, I think that, yeah, yeah, I think that whole saying of you don't know what you don't know is perfect for this kind of realm. But even when we, you know, we think we know a lot about the body, but we really don't know a lot about the body. Even when you talk to the doctors, the surgeons and things that, you know, we just barely found out there's a fifth quad muscle. So we thought there was four. That's why we named them quads, but there's five. You know, so there's stuff like that, that we're still learning about the body, um, especially the physiology side of things. So we do have to kind of keep current and keep learning. Um, but there's so many different directions you could go with it. So it's it's a very fun career field. Um, very, I think it's very lucrative. I think I can create my own schedule. I only work for four hours a day, um, you know, so it's can't beat that. Um, it's very fun. I get to work with athletes, um, you know, of, of all different types. It's a really good field, but it's shrinking. So that's the weird thing. So it's a very, you know, seven months of school and yet we can't find students. I can't find employees. I can't find, you know, therapists. So it's, it's going to be in high demand here soon. So I think for a lot of the athletes, if they're, you know, if they're even questioning, you know, they want to be involved in sports, but maybe they can't hack it as a pro player or maybe they, you know, something like right. massage right. is a great way to go. Then you've got that experience. You've got that knowledge. So it might be a good, I mean, I even tell stay at home moms, I'm like, go to massage school. Right. I mean, if you need extra Christmas money, you just do a couple of sessions. Right. So it could be a good little side gig. Yeah. So it's something that could help you get some, some solid ground while you work towards getting on those other teams, getting playing in other countries or, you know, so it might be something to give you a little something to fall back on in the very it's, least. It's a question I like to ask each and every one of my guests because I like to kind of open my audience's is minds, you know, to open their brains to other potentials or to other opportunities um, when their playing career is over. Because a lot of us like to stay around sports. Some of us go into coaching, some of us don't like it. Some of us enjoy the physical therapy aspect. Some of us are intrigued by the body. So. I thought it's only right to ask each and every one of you, you know, not only how you got started, but what advice you would give to people that may want to dive into it as well. So I think that's going to help a lot. And uh, that, those are all the questions I have for you in the interview. I appreciate you so much for yeah, my your knowledge and expertise. I uh, open the floor to anybody on here that wants to ask him a question personally. And uh, we'll close it with that. So this is a scary part. While they're still waiting, no, to, while they're still waiting to put their questions up, I'm going to ask you: um, Hot Stone Swedish High, are these all real modalities, or are they just <laughs> gimmicks to get you to buy something? Because <laughs> I um, tried them all, and they, they seem like they oh, totally. good, but I might be just tricked psychologically. Definitely, I think there's you know you could probably apply that whole gimmicky component to pretty much anything. Yes. Um, 
I think I'm in a good position where I really don't need any more clients. I don't have to do the sales stuff anymore. So I can kind of, you know, to give an honest opinion on stuff like that without a sales pitch behind it. Um, So hot stone is, I think is great. I don't know if you've ever had a hot stone massage. I think they're, as long as it's done right. Um, You know, you have that element of heat, which is again, beneficial. Um, as they place the rocks on you, you get some, some pressure from each one. So the type that we taught at the massage school that I taught at for a while, we would put, they're called placement stones. So you put them all over the body and it kind of feels like you're getting your whole body worked on at the same time. So it's very relaxing. So if you're stressed, um, if you're one of those players that have anxiety, um, you know, pregame anxiety, anything like that, or something big's going on, you're waiting to hear from a team and you're stressed out of your mind. Hot stone could be a great, that's you know, cool. that makes, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So I think to just look at sheer, just the, the pure stress relief part that massage therapy as a whole promotes, it's totally valid. So if you're in that mindset, um, hot stone is definitely, it's usually more money. Um, you have to really keep your fingers crossed that your therapist knows what they're doing. Cause you can get burned. Sure so burned. you have to communicate with your, with your therapist on, you know, temperature levels and things. We usually test, like we'll put it on our forearms to test it first to make sure it's okay. But we kind of adapt really quick as the therapist. So you do have to communicate just like any other massage. Um, But I think it's totally valid. Like I would totally, I think there's some gimmicky parts to it. Um, What were the other ones you mentioned? Uh, Hot stone and? Swedish. Swedish. So Swedish is the foundation for all massage. Okay. So that's something that a good chunk of every massage is going to be Swedish. So okay. that one for sure, that's, that's what started. That was the original sports massage was Swedish was, it was, they used to call it Swedish gymnastics. So like Swedish, you know, not gymnastics, like the sport, but like gymnasium, you know, type yeah. of thing. So it was Swedish sports massage. Okay. So it was meant to have an effect on the muscles to help the muscles function better. So that's what, that's the very first class that every massage therapist learns is Swedish. So it's just basics, you know. So every every single massage you get will be Swedish to some extent. That's good. Um, to know. I didn't know that was the foundation of yeah. massage modalities and techniques. But yeah. I, I'm going to get to this question we got here. Can you read this? Take on cupping. Um, cupping is is another one of those ones where there's there's a gimmicky component to it, for sure. Okay. Um, okay. It's one of those like like we mentioned it before. Like people like those. Or, or don't like but those cupping marks play there's a fashionable component to it um there is benefit to it if it's done properly which i think a lot of people don't do it properly um and I, I mean you see some instagram posts where people are just covered with cups right. Right. and that tells me that that therapist didn't know how to be specific enough with the therapy so they just blanketed them so it kind of lost the, the, the point of it. Um, there's the way that we teach cupping now is you don't just put a cup on someone and then leave kind of thing. So a lot, a lot of athletic trainers will do that because they've got to work on a bunch of people. So they'll put some cups on you and let it do its thing. So you can get some good lymphatic drainage from doing it that way. You can get some slow, slow pull, slow stretch to some fascia. So there is some, some benefits to static cupping like that. Um, what we found though, is that if you do some movement involved while getting that cupping, it's even yeah. more effective. 
So, you know, if we put some cups on your chest and then you move your arm around, that's way more effective because then you're getting this pull stretch movement, your brain's more involved. It creates yep. some good change. So there's definitely some validity to it. There's definitely some gimmickiness to it. So again, you've got to find a therapist that like rock tape, again, going back to them for education, they have a, a cupping course. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, I noticed when you did the cupping technique on me and then you moved it around and like, it just felt astronomically better. It felt like yeah. I could literally feel all those little small fine things getting moved and, and flexed and stretched. So yeah, that's cool. so like that, I mean, if you think of how foundational stretching is, well, when you put a cup on someone, you can be very specific on where you get a stretch. So you can even take, instead of stretching a muscle as a whole, you can start to stretch components of that area. So it's kind of nice to get in a little more dialed in. Um, but I think cupping is one of those techniques where you don't have to take a course in order to do it. I could just buy a cupping set and start doing it. So you do have to kind of be careful with your therapist that you do choose to let them do cupping on you. Some people are just after getting those dark spots. So they think all the benefit comes from the hickey. Right. And it doesn't. That's just a bad side effect to not a bad, but so the cupping mark doesn't tell us anything. Right. Whereas a lot of people try and say that, oh, that you really needed that there. It's like, no, you just did more suction there. Yeah, it's not a badge of honor. But yeah, there you I go. Wanna get, I want to get to this next question from uh, Kia. Recommendation for at home myofascial release besides foam rope. Okay. So myofascial release. So when you look at the term, Okay, so myofascial, it's muscle is myofascial, fascia, obviously. Um, so it's anything, release is kind of one of those words that we're trying to get rid of in the industry. <laughs> so we don't, really we don't really release a muscle or release fascia. Um, it's kind of a weird, a weird way of phrasing it. But um, when you think of anything that has an involvement on your myofascial system, which you can't really separate the two, fascia wraps around every single fiber of muscle. So they're basically one unit um but then again we often forget that your nervous system is part of that unit as well so really it should be your neuromyofascial system okay so really anything that you do is going to involve that so myofascial release you might as well just say massage or manual therapy or you know so as far as that technique is as a specific it doesn't really tell us anything so foam rolling is myofascial release you know uh, using a lacrosse ball, using a hypervolt, using a, you know, anything along those lines is going to be that technically. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of foam rolling. I think, like I said, with lacrosse balls, same thing. Um, to give a kind of a more specific technique here, if that might be a better idea. So to, I don't have a ball here nearby, so I'm going to use the tip of my little hypervolt here. Awesome. So if we use this as a ball, so if I were to, instead of rolling it or using a foam roll and rolling it up and down my forearm, if you pin that into that muscle and then move the muscle, yeah, yeah. that's going to be way more effective than just rolling that foam roller up and down. Right. So like that. So definitely some benefits to it. It's just, we can, we call it a pin and stretch. It, you can just make it more effective by using the same things. Okay. Right. So wanna, again, you want to make it more dynamic. I know my I there you go. therapist on here who was telling me that you want to make sure your muscle moves in different planes, not just, up and down, left yeah. and right, get diagonal, get it back. Yeah. I love that's that where, technique for sure. That's where it's hard. Like when you look at muscles, there's very specific muscle fiber orientation. Whereas when yeah. you look at fascia, it's all over the place. So there's different pull patterns. Right. So you do have to hit it from all these different angles because you might find that, you know, my, my skin can move fine to left to right, 
up to down, you know, but as you start doing all these different patterns, you might go, oh, it doesn't move this way yeah. as well as everything else. So that might be where your restriction is. So you do have to go with different directions. The next question from Haley, benefits of stressing for recovery or would massage therapies be a better focus? Um, I don't know if it's a better focus. Um, it's something where, you know, you, it's basically like, think of it as coaching, like to really go through it, to go to a massage therapist, you're basically going to a coach that has just all these other options in, in their mind that they can help you adapt as, as they see some problems, if that makes sense. So stretching on your own can be really beneficial. Um, I think it's another one of those therapies that it's not doing what we thought it was doing. Yeah. Okay. But it's still beneficial. So again, the, you know, we started here and we ended here, but what happened in the middle stretching is the exact same way. We thought it was doing something, but it's not, but you still get a good benefit. Um, so stretching can be great. It's cheap. You could do it anywhere. It's, are you stretching the right muscles though? So we tend to fall into a pattern of, I like this stretch. I like that stretch. I like this stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you may not be doing the ones that are a little uncomfortable because you actually need those ones. Yeah. So you could definitely just stretch and be and have great benefits. Um, so I think when you look at comparing it to massage therapy, you're just going to get different benefits from the massage that you would from the stretching. Okay. So they both have their place. It's just, what do you need at that moment? Gotcha. Next question. Is there a better business bureau, so to speak for licensed manage, um, licensed uh, massage therapist? Um, technically, yeah, I think it's kind of more of if you go to, you know, if there's a certain type of therapy that you like, you know, for example, again, rock tape or Graston, they usually have a directory of people that have taken their courses. So you could hop on their websites and then know that, okay, this person's done their course. So then we know, um, I get contacted by the, the actual better business bureau here in Utah all the time but they want me to pay money to then right. get promoted right. and thing. So right. I don't, I just don't trust that. Um, so it's kind of, it can be kind of hard. So I know with like collegiate athletes, um, I've worked on a, a bunch of other teams when they've come into town because they contacted the university of Utah that they were playing against and said, Hey, is there any local therapists you guys recommend or that you guys use? So then they refer out the contracted therapists. Um, so that's a way, you know, you can contact the local schools and see who they're using. Yeah. Um, that might be a little bit more of a, a better approach. Yeah. But I really, think you just want to make sure that uh, you get some quality. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's the hard thing. There's a limiting component there is there's not really, besides reading reviews, which same yeah. thing, no guarantees. Yeah. Um, so I would, it's more of contacting somebody in the area. Like I said, even if it's the the college team, <laughs> you know, or something. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if there's if you found that there's a certain type of technique that you like, usually those websites have a directory. So I'd go there first. Gotcha. Last question I saw in the box, and this would be it. Unless you guys have any more you want to get out there, uh, this is your last chance to ask a question. What school would you recommend for someone interested in pursuing massage therapy in Utah? That's a hard one. <laughs> so the school that or I went have, to, or if you have a national recommendation as well. For yeah, there's talk. really, there's really not. That's the hard thing. Um, okay. So the school that I went to is gone now. Um, but even then they, they were bought and sold a few times over. So I even went back and taught there and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. So 
there's not really a, a school that again that's I had a problem with that school because it wasn't the school that I went to anymore. It was different than what I was used to. So really what it comes down to with schools is each school kind of has their own little trajectory of things. So it's best for you to just go to a bunch of them and see which one you, you tend to click with. So I taught at three different schools here in Utah. Um, the last school that I taught at is it's Broadview University. They now do have a massage program going again, which is nice. But they were very medical, so a lot more medical focused because they were they did nursing and they did medical assisting, and you know so they were very medical minded and they used the major publishers for their books. So I really liked that because they were constantly up to date. The school that I went to was very old school that it was just a group of teachers that got together, created a curriculum. But then that curriculum didn't change for 20 years. Yeah. So there's a problem. So it really does come down to where do you see yourself as a massage therapist, what field, and then what school tends to head in that direction. So there is a school here that's very energy work based. Okay. I wouldn't click with that because my brain doesn't understand that stuff. Me wanting to do more medical, Broadview was a would have been a great choice for me um, had they been around back then. So really, you've just got to kind of take a tour, look at their classes, yeah. ask a bunch of questions on, you know, I want to do this. How would you help me get there? And right. then just see which one clicks with you. Makes perfect so. sense. Well, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Um, thank you, everybody. Again, Rob's a lot of great information, so much insight and perspective from, like I said, a professional where a lot of athletes just hop on the table and don't ask questions. So I want yeah. to take the time to get a better understanding of what goes into it. I learned a lot myself and uh, hopefully okay. everybody here learned it when I repost it uh, later, more people will t- tune in and, and learn even more. So um, anything else you got for me before I let you go? Biggest thing, if you want to improve your set, your time with a massage therapist is communicate with them, talk to them, tell them what's going on, tell them what you're feeling as they're doing things. Um, a lot of times we are kind of guessing. So we can't tell what parts of your body are tender. We can feel if something's not, doesn't feel right, but we, that doesn't tell us how tender things are. So communicate with your therapist. So sports yeah. massage, typically you're awake, you're talking anyway, right. communicate with your therapist. So the best way to make good use of that time is to talk to them, tell them what you're feeling, tell them what you're noticing. Um, and then we can adjust as we go. So it's definitely a two way street for these massages. It's not just, we do whatever we want. It's sure. talk to us, let us help you. We really do want to help. Um, but we got to have something back like let us know so you right. communicate with your therapist right. best uh-huh. advice i can give you be a hundred thousand percent brutally honest and that goes on the other side too like if you're if you're not having a good day that day and you don't want to talk let them know that ahead of time mm-hmm. and then let them know what you want them to focus on yeah. give them little signals in between and then you know zone out do what you got to do so i think too many times like you said there's this weird sense of uncomfortableness uh, between the, the therapist and, and the client but you can break that down at the beginning to get a sense of direction for both parties so that they can both benefit from the hour or the session in general. Definitely. Last thing before I let you go, um, I'm going to repost this on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, so basically, cool. I have integrated live with you and then I'll put it on a podcast format. But in my podcast format, uh, it's called the Advisory Boot. So I noticed you have a lot of guitars in the back. Do you want to give a quick freestyle before we get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're about to hear it. Should we, since I'm a Gibson, should we should we go with the Gibson? Hey, just give me a nice little 30 second solo. Oh. Eh. Nice. 
I don't have a pick. <laughs> gotta have fun with this, man. 2020's been it's been brutal, so you gotta have, but, have oh, fun. Oh, definitely. Laugh. Yeah. But look, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your holidays with your family. Hope everybody's safe and healthy. And uh, yeah, you man, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Thank you again to my guest, Rob Gibson of Premier Fitness and Massage, dropping tons of knowledge and information from his perspective as a massage therapy expert. And, uh, man, I'm ready to go get a massage right now. Uh, definitely could use a sports massage and then follow that up with a relaxed vacation-type massage, you know, maybe the hot stone or the tie. I'm, I'm feeling really motivated right now. I don't know about you, but um, that was great. So hopefully you guys use that to your, to your maximum capacity and ability. Um, if you want to find out more about Rob and his business, if you're ever in the Salt Lake City area want to hit him up, you can follow him on Instagram or check out his website. I have put that at the bottom of the uh, verse notes in the description. All right. So that's everything on our end. And uh, thanks, thanks, Rob, again for his dope uh, guitar solo at the end and uh, playing, playing around with the, uh, with the fun of it. All right. Got to keep it light. As always, all love this way. You guys take care and enjoy. Have a good one. Stay safe.